Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's brand new Flyers Daily for the 5th of July, 2023. Hope everybody had a good and safe and happy 4th of July yesterday. In this episode, we are going to have an in-depth post-draft conversation with Flyers assistant GM Brent Flair, who handles the amateur scouting and uh, has a huge hand in all the work that goes into an NHL entry draft. So we'll talk to Brent in just a moment. We know free agency opened. Flyers made a couple signings. Bill and I talked about Ryan Paling and Garnet Hathaway in Monday's episode. But since then, they've made yet another signing. And this time it is defenseman Mark Stahl to a one-year contract worth $1.1 million AAV. Stahl is 36 years of age. He had 15 points, three goals, and 12 assists and 43 penalty minutes in 82 games with the Florida Panthers this past season. He's a big body, 6'4", 210-pounder, was a 12th overall draft pick back in 2005. He's got 229 points in his career, and he's played in 1,101 games. Now, obviously, a lot of experience there. Danny Briere spoke at development camp the other day after they signed Mark Stahl and said they were very upfront with him about the situation here in Philadelphia. And if one of the young prospects earns a spot, then Mark Stahl is not going to you know, see the minutes maybe he's used to or maybe even the amount of games that he's used to. So we'll see how that plays out. He also played in all of the playoff games this past season for the Florida Panthers that run to the Cup Final. 21 games for Stahl in the postseason altogether in his entire career in the postseason, 128 playoff games. And he averages in those 28 playoff games, 21 minutes and 46 seconds of ice time. He is 36 years of age. He is definitely on the back nine, getting close to the clubhouse. He's a guy that brings a lot of experience. He's a big body. And like I said before, he's a guy that will provide a lot of experience and leadership to a lot of the young players that will be on the Flyers roster. So Mark Stahl, the newest flyer. Danny Briere also said they were surprised that Mark Stahl would be interested. Did play for six years under John Tortorella as a member of the New York Rangers, was a Ranger draft pick. So Mark Stahl is a guy that has played in this division, played in the Eastern Conference, came into the league with the Rangers, played 892 games with the Rangers, had a couple of years in Detroit where he played 127, then all 82 this past season with the Florida Panthers. So Mark Stahl, the newest flyer. But let's get to my conversation from development camp on Monday. Had a chance to sit down with Flyers assistant GM Brent Flair, talk about the draft, talk about the process that goes into it, how decisions get made, and all the gory details behind the scenes with Flyers AGM Brent Flair. Uh, Joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily, post-2023 NHL entry draft, it is Flyers assistant GM, the man who runs the draft, it is Brent Flair. How do you feel after the draft? Uh, a little bit exhausted, but no, it was. Uh, we were very happy. Um, it's exciting to add that group of players to the mix now, and uh, but no, it, the way it turned out, uh, we're ecstatic. Brent, you put so much work into it, traveling the globe, looking at players, talking to you know guys that played with the player, coaches, people around them, neighbors, whatever, to get intel. When you finally get to the draft and it all is happening in front of you. How do you kind of keep it all compartmentalized and with each player? I mean, there's so much organization that has to go into this mentally. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, even Danny to go through it when he's in charge the first time. Um, 
you know, you realize how fast it goes in the first round and there's lots of things going on. But uh, I've been through a lot of them now. But, uh, you know, again, our guys have, again, we travel the world. The guys have done countless interviews, reports, and, you know, we've worked on the list over and over and over again. And when you get to that point, we're actually making picks. It's it's exciting, but, you know, you're, you're just hoping certain guys fall in certain places. But, um, yeah, the whole process is exciting, but it's also you're, you're prepared and um, is, you know, just get through it but it's it's kind of the culmination of your all your work throughout the year so it's good to get it over with too is that the brent flair for lack of a better term super bowl the draft yeah no for sure it's you spend all that time traveling and and being away from your family and all that stuff so to be able to get to the draft and and get the players you want and um you know help get just get the draft over with it's uh it's kind of a big relief after almost there's always twists and turns in, in drafts in any round and you're searching for times to strike and take advantage of a situation. This guy goes, maybe you weren't expecting that mm-hmm. ahead of you or behind you or around and there's somebody sitting there that you really like. Uh, where was the twist and turns for you? Was it Arizona? Uh, yeah, or it was Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, no, Montreal. I think we had a pretty good, clear indication of what the teams in front of them were doing. Um, and then Montreal was, they kept it pretty close to the chest. We, you know, we'd heard the same things probably you guys did too, but, um, yeah. So then it was just a matter of, you know, Arizona and, and then we we're sitting there. So and then with 22 it was lots of, you know, moving up and down and we tried to manipulate some things and Danny was working the phones and, uh, but in the end it worked out and we got our guy at, at seven and, and very happy with uh, bunk at 22 as well. How do you guys pull off this move to get him? We're at the practice facility right now. Um, it's my understanding you guys talked about it. He was playing air hockey downstairs. Yeah. Well, you guys, Jedi mind trick, and, and kind of really kept things under wraps. Nobody even knew that Matt Faye was here. Yeah, no, I, and I didn't want to, at the time, I didn't want to draw attention to it. I just wanted to, you know, with Keith and, and Danny, um, even the rest of our staff didn't know about it, I don't think so. Uh, but we just wanted to bring him in. He had his family with him. His agent told me his younger brother and mother were coming, and uh, his good friend from his team, um, and then a representative from St. Petersburg was coming as well. So uh, we just wanted to get get to know know him a little bit. I've, I've seen him play lots. I don't need any need need to tell him tell us about the player, but we just wanted to look him in the eye and, and meet him and see his personality. And uh, we saw we gave him the tour of the building, and he was thoroughly impressed and wanted to get shooting down in the shooting range down there and um, yeah I know you can see the genuine excitement and he really uh, you know like the, if you talk to him the Flyers are, were, were his first choice and uh, obviously it's not up to him but um, but he was excited about the history of the Flyers and the, the building and um, obviously the facilities here and uh, we had a good lunch with him and his family and I think he was really comfortable with us and more importantly we were more comfortable with him um, you know, we knew him as the player, but just getting to know him, getting a little comfort level. So, seeing how he interacts with everybody, exactly, right? exactly, and smiling, and uh, but he's, you know, he's kind of like that. Some of those top players are. He's very focused and driven, and um, he wants to be the best. So it's, you know, that's the stuff you want to hear as well. You love the enthusiasm that he. Uh, you can see it just in the way he smiles, the enthusiasm and prospect of doing what he's going to embark on at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get him at seven. So much has been made, Brent, about, oh, you need to tank. You need to be horrible top of the draft to get a, a superstar or, you know, franchise-changing talent. You get him at seven. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, we go through the, the tough times and, you know, people would say tank, just get to one. What's, you've seen other teams do it and not get to one and not get the players. So to get a player of this caliber where we got him was, was very exciting. You don't, you don't get that opportunity very often. Some years, these guys aren't even available, so. Um, you get bunk with the 22nd pick. Perot was sitting there, um, but you, you definitely need some replenishing on your blue line and on the right side. Uh, tell us about the player. He obviously has good lineage. Father played in the league, so uh, that's part of it. I think that that means something because um, I think it helps a young player when they're developing navigate the pitfalls and, and the arc of development because they have a father that went through it. Tell us about Bonk. Yeah, that, having a father that played certainly helps, but more importantly, he's, it was just his progression throughout the season. Um, I think early in the year, uh, he's very noticeable, obviously playing for Team Canada and, and playing in London. Um, and then just seeing the progressions and, you know, getting the reports from our guys, like, hey, you got to get in here to see him. He's he's really taking a step and uh, it's confidence and he gets real quality program in London. The Hunter brothers do a great job, uh, not only coaching, developing, but the environment that these guys are in. They're playing in front of 12,500 every night. Um, Dale's not a warm, fuzzy guy as far as a coach, so he pushes these guys hard and, and this kid responded. Um, he's got a great personality. He really wants to be a player, but he's a very intelligent player, uh, both both sides of the puck, and you know he's just a young-looking kid, as you'll you'll see when you talk to him. Uh, he's got some work to do in the weight room, but we can help him with that. And again, he looks like an NHL uh, top four defenseman. So, uh, real exciting to get a guy like that, and the right shot, shot certainly helps as well. It's one of the things. One of my hard and fast rules in the NFL is don't draft in your first round a player that comes from a school that's either known for its academics or its basketball team. <laughs> you go to the, the London Knights, the, those players, like you mentioned, they kind of seem more prepared to come to the NHL because of the way the Hunters run that program and the crowd sizes. Well, for sure. It's a pro operation there. Uh, you look at the names that have come through there throughout the years, and, and players are, uh, you know, a lot of those kids from Ontario and the U.S., They all, if they're going to go to the OHL, they want to play in London. Um, but, you know, it's a credit to the Hunters for, for building that program. Uh, but at the same time, they do a great job developing uh, players for the NHL. And obviously, they both played. Uh, they know what it takes, and, and they push these guys. So uh, they have the facilities there to get better, you know, off the ice, on the ice. Um, but again, it's a pro environment, which is which is great for, for these young guys. You guys trade into the second round. You grab goalies on successive picks. Mm-hmm. Um, Carson Bjornsson's the one guy you take in the second round. Now, what, what is it about his game that you really like? Because uh, he's a, I, I gotten reports from people that grew up down the street from him just saying, what a great guy, yeah. really good head on his shoulders. And, and it's going to take that to develop as a goalie because it takes time. It does. Uh, you know, goalies do take time. But he has that look of a goaltender, even here. Uh, guys that didn't know him, like he, he has that presence of a goaltender. He's, he's got the size. He's got the athleticism, the mobility. Uh, he's played uh, – he's, his path is interesting because he didn't – you know, he's come out of nowhere a couple of years ago, uh, but he's got lots of experience in the Western Hockey League already, uh, Team Canada. Um, he's just on that path, and he's there. You know, we I rely a lot on, on Kim Dillabo and Brady Robinson when it comes to the goaltending uh, as far as drafting. Um, you know, our scouts identify and We see them play. We have our opinions, and these guys have their opinions of what they think, not only now, but where they can get to. And, and that's the exciting part with him is with all his tools that he has, you know, with their development and, and putting the, you know, the work in uh, on and off the ice, uh, he, he looks like a, 
potential starting goalie down the road and a guy we're really excited about. A guy whose skills that you can just see they're going to transfer to this level of game. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to take some time. Uh, any surprise guys for you in those later rounds that were there and like Sharonick or yeah, no, Cole Knubel? Yeah, Knubel obviously was a, a different story. Uh, he's a guy that was you know MVP of the USHL. Uh, we thought he might have been gone by then, but uh, because he went through a draft, I think we we were able to get him there. But he's a kid. Uh, even last year, he was on our list, and you know went because of his skating and size, it's documented. But the kid just works so hard at his game. Uh, when on the ice, when you watch him play, you, you know he's he's just such a driven kid. He's a smart player, but he's just his compete level. He's just one of those kids that you you think he'll just find a way to get there. Um, you know, a little bit like Bobby Brink in a way. Yeah, maybe not quite as, as skilled. Like Bobby's got a little maybe more natural ability, you know, with the puck. Uh, but this kid's a real determined, uh, maybe a little Denoy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a hockey player. Um, you know, he's just just the tip of the iceberg with him as well. Like he's come so far in one year. He's going to a good program in Notre Dame, and he, he just talked to him. He loves the he loves the game. He loves to, you know, he wants to get better every day, which is exciting. And the other part too is, you, you know, the father. So you know the mm-hmm. makeup. You know the way the kid was parented in a way. Yeah, yeah. And those things are ingrained. Yeah. No. And you talk to him. He's got lots of personality. Uh, obviously, he's a Flyers fan growing up, and you know he knows a lot of the. You know some of the equipment guys here still, and. Uh, from when he was a little kid running around down there so um yeah no he was we were excited to get him and and uh yeah it's just one of those things that just kind of worked out and, and Chirnik is a highly skilled kid um had the real big first half I you know was really kind of jumped onto the radar and this with his team and so Talia didn't get to play much down the stretch so I think um you know he was frustrated I think his probably his confidence was a little shot they're you know playing the, playing with men so you're you're trying to they're trying to get in the playoffs, and uh, I get it from their standpoint. But as far as the player, he was he was frustrated, and it showed. So, but you watch him, uh, great hands, lots of skill. His father actually played a little bit over here, and uh, as a skills coach over there. So, lots of tools. Got a long ways to go to get stronger and and uh, build up his body. But he's he's a talented kid, but you know with upside. So, it was, at that point in the draft, it was a no brainer for us. Yeah. Just a couple of days now into a couple of sessions, frankly, into development camp. Is anybody kind of popping to you? Kid like uh, Emil Andre? Yeah, well, it's, you know, I have high expectations for Emil. Like, he's a little bit older, but he's played at high levels, uh, pro hockey already, world juniors, the whole work. So He's a stout little guy, too, huh? He's strong. Yeah. He's very competitive <laughs> drills. They just, he's no off switch with them. So he's he's a serious guy, good kid, but he's serious. And, uh, you know, he, he wants to make an impression and, and get better every day. I think uh, Hunter McDonald's been very impressive, um, just from a year ago to, to where he is now. Uh, it just looks like a, a hockey player. He's big, he's strong, his mobility's good. Like defensively, you watch those drills; it was uh, he pretty much just toyed with people. So uh, he's a guy we're really excited about. He's got a mean streak. Um, you know, he likes to play the game, and uh, he's a guy that's probably ahead of where we projected him to be at this point when we drafted him. Uh, overall, these young players. I mean, they seem to come more ready mentally to handle what it's going to be like to try and forge a path to the NHL. But their hockey IQ knowledge of the game is seems like every year it's just more in depth, more detailed than ever before. Yeah, no, these kids have you know ever since their young age they've you know they have skills coaches and things like that. But a lot of these kids were drafting; they've had a lot of experience. Um, 
you know, especially playing at higher levels or, you know, higher levels with junior or world championships. And, you know, these guys have a lot of experience. You get some younger kids that have played, you know, out of junior B and whatnot that, you know, you're drinking out of a fire hose when you first get here. But once you, you know, they're smart players, they have skills. So once they accept, uh, you know, they can hang out and play with these guys, they, they get a confidence level and you can see them really improve in a week. Like even bump last year, if you watch them from the start, yeah. first couple of practices, just nervous you know, just being on the ice. And then by the end of the week, he's picking corners and, and, and scoring goals. So it, it's exciting for us to see that. And it's a great experience for these guys to, to get familiar with uh, their teammates and the coaches and the trainers. And you know, so when they come back here next year, you know, they're they're that much further ahead and, and they just can work on, work on their craft. Brent, one of the things about player development is figuring out what you're going to be as a player mm-hmm. as you as you level up because some guys are scorers like Alan McCauley in junior yeah. was just an insane dynamic talent he wasn't that in the NHL he had to figure out what he was the next level and then there's also the element of accepting that as the job how does that process do you guys kind of guide players through that that hey you first power play probably your whole life you know it's different, though. Yeah, it's a fine line. Like, you, you want to make sure guys are still working on the game. We want guys to score goals. We want guys to hold on to the puck and make plays. Um, you know, so, but there's times where you have to manage the puck, uh, learn when you can can try to beat a player one-on-one. If maybe if you're late in a shift and your line mates are trying to get off the ice, that's not the time to try to beat a guy. So get, maybe just chip it by and lift the fight another day. So a lot of the game, game details, uh, we can work with these guys, but... You know, we you know we spend a lot of time developing skill uh, we want them to work on the craft we want them to score but in reality the elite players in the NHL the guys that are on the power play they're elite players for a reason and, and you know a lot of these guys aren't going to be at that caliber if they do make it so you have to find your niche whether it's a penalty killer well your energy guy um, you know you just got to find a way to, to compete and, and get your foot in the door and then maybe develop sometimes uh, in the NHL so but I think these guys are all, you know, they're prepared so much younger now, uh, conditioning-wise, fitness-wise, nutrition-wise. A lot of these players have uh, mental strength coaches when they're young players, which, you know, I never, no one ever had when we were young kids. But um, they have access to a lot of this stuff that, uh, which, you know, allows their development process to be a little quicker. I know the one thing that coaches love is a player that they know they can throw on the ice in any situation mm-hmm. and give me a quiet shift where nothing happens. Sometimes you just need nothing to happen, especially if you're kind of on your heels a bit. Um, let me ask you, you've been here a while now, and what was the dynamic at the table like with, with Danny and Keith Jones? Because, you know, Jones is a guy that can really cut tension when yeah. and, and things could probably get pretty tense in those situations, but he seems to know the right things to say at the right times, but can be serious as well. Yeah, no, Jones, he's, uh, I think he was excited. I think he never never been to it. I don't think he was at his own draft, he said, so he'd never been to a draft before. <laughs> uh, you know, being at the table, being in the action, uh, it's it's real down there, so it's a lot of fun. And, and Danny, at the same time, he's been with us at the draft table before, but not, you know, directly making the calls and doing all that. So And everything happens quick when you're you're on the clock and, uh, if you're, you know, trying to move up or down or make, make trades. So, um, no, it was fun for him. I think he was, once the first round was over, he just took a breath and the second day was a a little less stressful, but uh, you know, overall, it was I think it was fun for both those guys. And Jonesy has a way of keeping it loose as well. Um, one of the things too, you know, with the draft is it is one of those with so many variables, and you're planning for all of them. Were you surprised? No trades in the first round. There was yeah. so much hype about it, but it just didn't happen. Yeah, no, I, I 
It's been a long time. I, I can't even recall the last time they, there was no trades in the first round. Or was there a lot of conversations? Yeah, no, no, for sure. There's lots of conversation, but it's one of those things where it's a, it was a deeper draft, so I think players, teams were happy with their picks in a lot of cases. Uh, and then, you know, because of the depth sometimes, it, teams were comfortable. They weren't too, like later in the, in the first round, they weren't very aggressive trying to trade up just because uh, I think they, you know, whether it's analytics or whether it's, uh, the scouts' beliefs. There's there's some depth in going into the second round where you're. Why would you pay a big price to move up when you can get a player of maybe equal caliber or close to it, um, right behind? So, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. It was, it was it worked out that way, but it made the draft go a little quicker in the first round, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, I was stunned that there's no moves because you look at it and you, sh- but you don't want to be that GM that moves back and then there's your. Yeah. On your on your headstone is that move. We could have drafted this guy, yeah. and you don't want that. And in a draft like this, that that risk is not worth it. No, in, in some cases. But, you know, there's been years where, you know, there's a guy you really want, and there's that, that cutoff that you, you feel is there. And if you can get into that grouping and you, and you have to give up a pick to get in there to get the player you really want, you do it. Uh, sometimes you want to move back and, and maybe add picks for a similar caliber player, but you need a partner to trade back with. So, yeah. Uh, sometimes there's aggressive, but it's yeah, it's a fun process. So later in the draft, usually you see some more bouncing up and down, and teams think they they know another team what they like, and maybe they move ahead of them to there's some competitive things. But it, that's what makes the draft fun. No doubt. Last thing for you: uh, when does Brent Flair's scouting season for the 2024 draft begin? I imagine it already has. Yeah, no, we got some <laughs> video stuff coming out. I think we'll, once this week's over, I'll take a bit of a breath. But no, I. Um, I'll be at the Holinka tournament over in Bratislava uh, late July for the week, and yeah, we'll be up and going then. So yeah, it doesn't not a lot of summertime anymore. There's always another crop coming, Brent. Thanks for doing this. Uh, no great job with the draft. We appreciate it as always. Right. Anytime. Thanks. Thanks to Brent Flair for carving out a good bit of time for us. Really had enjoyed that conversation, and you know, a lot of us we play fantasy sports, whether it's fantasy football or fantasy hockey, obviously fantasy baseball. We always want to be. You know, the one making the decisions. The G, that's the GM. It's the virtual GM, fantasy sports. And it's fascinating to, to really get a peek behind the curtain on how that process plays out. So thanks to Brent Flair for providing exactly that. We'll be back Friday. Flyers development camp continues. It'll culminate tomorrow night with a scrimmage amongst the prospects. So we'll join you Friday. Brand new episode of Flyers Daily.